Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Well, we got about a million things going on today. Welcome, it's Eric Erickson here, News 95.5, AM 750, WSB, and com. we got to start with the news that just broke. I mean, literally, just came out. Uh, this is a Washington Post story from uh, 20 minutes ago. The President of the United States referred to countries of immigrants coming into this country as, I can't say the word on the radio. I will say poop hole countries. Yes. Yes. I know there are kids listening and there are FCC fines to consider. We will say poop hole countries. Why are we having all of these people from poop hole countries coming here, Archie Bunker? I mean, Donald Trump said, according to these people, uh, multiple people who were in the meeting of the president, referring to African countries and Haiti. President Trump grew frustrated with lawmakers Thursday in the Oval Office where they floated restoring protections for immigrants from Haiti, El Salvador, and African countries as as part of a bipartisan immigration deal. Now, this is two people briefed on the meeting, Um, and and that is actually probably two people who were in the meeting, not just briefed on the meeting. The, The comments left lawmakers taken aback, according to people familiar with their reactions. So wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. See, I love how these stories work because I know how the media works. Having been parts of these stories, participated in them, been someone who's delivered quotes on the record and on background. Okay, so let's map this out. Who are the sources for the Washington Post? How accurate is the statement that the president referred to these countries as schnikey whole countries? Well, two people were briefed on the meeting. The comments left lawmakers taken aback, according to people familiar with their reactions. It just so happens there were only two lawmakers in the meeting who were taken aback. Lindsey Graham and Richard Durbin. Hmm. I wonder who the sources are for this story. It's funny how that works, isn't it? Yes. Okay. So you've got to understand a program in order to understand what's happening here. This is the Temporary Protected Status Program. The Temporary Protected Status Program, TPSP. They call it TIP sometimes, or TIPC, some of them say. The TPSP program, the Temporary Protected Status Program, is an immigration program that was established in the early 90s. And essentially it came about, if I recall right, it was because of war in El Salvador. 
there were a bunch of El Salvadorians here in the country when war broke out and they obviously could not go back home without being dragged into war. And we decided uh, the humane thing to do would be to let them stay in this country. So Congress, well, the, the president, I believe it was George H.W. Bush at the time, not Bill Clinton yet. Through, at the time, it was, I want to say the Treasury Department, not Homeland Security at the time. Or no, it was State Department at the time. They established this program and they went to Congress and Congress put it into law and said the Attorney General, they took it out of the State Department's hands, they moved it to the Department of Justice. They said the Attorney General could at any time give countries a temporary protected status designation. So that people from those countries who are in our nation, when hell in a handbasket arrives in that country, they could stay here. So El Salvadorian stayed here after the massive natural disasters in Haiti of earthquake and hurricane. Haiti got this. Uh, there are several African countries where there have been Ebola outbreaks and war outbreaks and whatnot who have gotten this. And the, the Trump administration has been rolling those back, starting with El Salvador, which is somewhat understandable. Uh, Haiti, I, I disagree with the administration doing it, but that, that's what's going on here. That is the temporary protected status program. And the president is referring to those countries as poop hole nations. Now, let, let me say real quick, um, the, the issue with Haiti and I got a problem with the administration uh, ending the the temporary designation for Haiti. Um, and I am intimately familiar with the Haitian situation because our church has been sponsoring several missions down there. Haiti, if you'll recall, I think back in 2011, it was had a devastating earthquake. I mean, devastating earthquake. Um, the, the presidential palace in... Uh, the Haitian capital gone. I mean, the the whole the whole city virtually leveled. It was a disaster. Uh, and while there are rural areas in Haiti that weren't affected, those rural areas had existing problems that were exacerbated by refugees out of the cities poured into the rural areas. Well, then Haiti got hit over the last several years, including this year, by several other natural disasters, including major hurricanes. So they've never been able to um, stand on their feet. We've been sending them a lot of help to try to get them to stem the tide of refugees into this country. And we weren't making a lot of Haitians who were in this country already, of which there were uh, several hundred thousand. We weren't letting them or telling them they had to go back to Haiti because we didn't want to exacerbate the situation in Haiti. And I think that was the right thing to do. But some of these countries, the problem is you give them temporary designation and they say El Salvador doesn't really need temporary designation anymore. Those people can go home and, and there are members of Congress who don't want them to. So that's what the president was referring to today as the poop hole nations. Um, some of these African countries and others, including Haiti, uh, that has some lawmakers very been out of shape. Well, we have a deal. Whenever there is a gang in Congress, when the media starts referring to them as a gang, you know it's going to be a bad deal. And we have a gang of six, three Republicans and three Democrats in the Senate, who have concocted a scheme that they want for immigration, including Jeff Lake and Cory Gardner. Let me tell you what their immigration scheme is. First, on DACA, that's the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, the DREAMers, there would be a path to citizenship for DACA recipients and those eligible for DACA but who never bothered to sign up. I got a problem with that. 
you should have had to have signed up for the program. And if you couldn't be bothered to sign up for a program, well, we shouldn't be bothered to give you citizenship. I got a problem giving citizenship outright, too, as well. Then there's border security. Uh, there would n- there would not be a wall. There will be no wall. Kellyanne Conway was on with CNN uh, this morning saying that we really don't actually need a physical wall. We can boost it with surveillance and whatnot. Uh, more agents uh, fencing in some locations. This sounds like what she's talking about. Uh, we would get $1.6 billion allocated for a fence barrier, technical surveillance, training and retention of agents, and an additional $1.2 billion for other budget priorities or border priorities. Uh, then there would be the chain-based migration. We need to talk about this as well because this is somewhat misleading in, in how the press is talking about it. Parents of DACA recipients would not be allowed to become citizens, but they would be given temporary protected status, meaning they would kick the can down the road and give them citizenship later when nobody's looking. And then some of the 50,000 slots in the visa lottery program will be used for people in countries who have lost their temporary protected status, and some will be used for low-immigration countries, meaning um, there are countries like Norway, the president wants, and in other countries that we want to boost immigration from there, and they'll try to incentivize that immigration, but they also want to help the, the people who are losing their temporary protected status. Now, I don't know the details on chain migration, and there are some people in the media trying to rewrite the definition of chain migration. Uh, You need to understand what chain migration is because we're going to start hearing a lot about it in the next week, I guarantee you, Uh, and a lot of it is being badly misrepresented. So when we come back, let me explain to you exactly what chain migration is and is not. Hello there, 25 after the hour, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK, them's the numbers. You can get me on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at EW Erickson, go to theresurgent.com if you will. Um, what was I going to tell you? Oh, um, I, I have some news I need to share with you and I need to apologize. Uh, I am having to reschedule the Brian Kemp interview uh, that was going to be on the 25th. Um, Now, there are still some spots available for Hunter Hill and for Michael Williams. These are the uh, Life Lounge hour-long interviews we're going to do with the gubernatorial candidates. If you would like to participate, uh, text WSB to 345-345. I'm going to have to reschedule Brian Kemp's because after we had agreed to the date, um, my church scheduled the father-daughter dance on the same day. And it is the last father-daughter dance uh, that my daughter can go to because once you're beyond sixth grade, um, you don't go to father-daughter dance at our church anymore. So they were very gracious and understanding, but um, family first in these sorts of situations. So we will reschedule it. I will let those of you know you'll get priority um, for RSVP for the next uh, round with Brian Kemp, and I apologize in advance uh, to everyone who was looking forward to it. We will get it rescheduled, though. I will let you know. Um, chain migration. You've got to understand some of the terminology at stake here because there's a difference between family migration and chain migration. 
And chain migration is actually a rather new development in the history of this country. It's only been around for about 25, 30 years. Chain migration is essentially the uprooting of a family tree and transplanting it into the United States. So you've got an adult couple. Under chain migration, that adult couple can then qualify to bring all of their children over. And if their children are grown-ups, their children, their children's spouses, and their grandchildren can come. But that's not all. Because then those adults can also bring their parents here, so the grandparents. Well, then those grandparents qualify to bring all of their other children here, and those other children qualify to bring all of their children here. Well, then the spouses who married into that family, they are now qualified to sponsor their parents, who can then come over and bring the other. So you have an entire family tree coming. That, that is chain migration. The other issue is family migration. And when we come back, I want to break that down for you and give you the play-by-play on what exactly is going to happen here when it comes to immigration and the lay of the land. There's a heavy discussion on social media right now about how we should refer to the president's remarks from earlier. By the way, the president, White House, not denying he referred to these nations as, um, well, he used the the S word, whole nations. I will refer to them as poop hole nations or poop hole countries. Uh, Jonah Goldberg is suggesting I use sovereign sewer palities. Uh, also he says alternatives could be latrine states and porta potty, (laughs) porta potty nations. (laughs) A friend of mine does point out that it is quite common in some of these countries to actually dig a hole and poop in it as far as disposal of human waste goes. So, um, there was some accuracy in what the president said. Oh, we have Archie Bunker as president, or Cartman. We have Cartman as president of the United States right now. Oh, the tears of unfathomable sadness. Mm, Yummy. Yummy, you guys. (laughs) Okay, so family migration. So you you got chain migration, I hope. Welcome back, by the way. The phone number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Uh, global pooper powers. <laughs> Joe Cunningham. Oh, he says they're not global pooper powers. Nope, I guess they're not. Okay. Um, so, the poople states. <laughs> wow, the things you never thought you'd have to talk about on radio. So, family migration as opposed to chain migration is parents who migrate to this, immigrate to this country would be allowed to bring their minor children In some definitions, it is minor or unmarried children would not be able to bring children who have families of their own or are married. That's the difference between family migration and chain migration. The president and most Republicans prefer family migration. They don't want to break up families. So if if you're coming, you and your wife get to come together. And then you're allowed to bring your minor children. 
in some cases, and this is the one I actually tend to prefer, is you bring your children. If your child, however, is married, that child doesn't get to come without applying for himself. But if you've got a 21-year-old kid, they've been in college, you want to immigrate to this country, um, bring them. Um, but all that being, all that being said, it's regardless of whether you just go with, with minor children or not, it's better than chain migration, which doesn't just bring a family over. It brings that family's extended family over. And that's what the Republicans want to get away from that I think is a fair thing to do. Um, there's no reason for one family to plant a flag here and then say, now let's get the entire rest of the family over here. Um, that's not the way immigration is supposed to work. It also allows people to cut in front of the line uh, when we have people we do want to immigrate to this country who are high-skilled workers uh, bringing job skills into this country we need. That's the debate in Congress. As Jamie Dupree is noting, there is no deal. The president does not want to um, restore temporary status for El Salvador, Haiti, and these uh, African countries. The president wants an actual wall. All we've got are six members of the Senate who have put together this proposal. That's not enough to get through the Senate. And there is a problem that you're not going to hear about from the media. Okay, so here's the problem that the media just does not want to cover. The Democrats have a problem. You see, the Democrats are, they want all or nothing. The Democrats want to keep chain migration. The Democrats uh, want to give immediate citizenship to the dreamers. The Democrats, the hardcore Democrats, they want to give citizenship to their parents. They want to give citizenship to them all. And let's just, let's cut through this all. Much like Jeff Bezos wanting to bring Amazon to Georgia, not just for a business decision, but also to make the state more liberal and, and make it rapidly become a democratic state and Republicans are playing into his hand. Um, what is happening here is the Democrats believe that if they can get all these people to become citizens, they will boost their voter numbers. You see, the Democrats could have done this in 2009. The Democrats controlled the House. They controlled the Senate. They controlled the White House. They could have done this, but the Democrats wanted to let it fester. Back in 2005, George W. Bush couldn't get consensus among Republicans, so he wasn't able to get anything done. Democrats had consensus. They could have gotten it done, but they preferred not to do anything because they were desperate to let the issue fester, hoping it would hurt Republicans. That's the truth. That is the truth. And in hoping to hurt Republicans, they decided they were just going to let this spiral out of control and then let Hillary get elected because they were going to use the dreamers to show up and vote for Hillary and then they would deal with the problem. But things didn't go their way. And since things didn't go their way, well, now they're deciding that they just want to kick the can down the road again. They want to stir up racial sentiment. Democrats want to use race as a weapon in the country. They want to alienate people. They want to make people mad. They want to blame Donald Trump. They don't want a solution. I just got to tell you, I think immediately, immediately, Republicans should just do a short-term bill and say, you know what, we're not, we're not going to deport the Dreamers. But make it the ones who registered. I mean, to heck with the ones who didn't bother to do anything. 
unless they were under the age of 15 at the time, look, there are some of them who are now 20, 30 year old. They got to be responsible. If they weren't responsible enough to fill out the paperwork, let them go. Let, let them go. If they, they didn't want to take the time to fill out the DACA paperwork, let them go. But otherwise say, we're not going to deport you. We're not going to give you citizenship yet. We're, we're just going to let you stay right now. You don't have to worry about deportation. And we're going to deal with your parents separately. And we're going to deal with your citizenship issue separately. We're just taking deportation off the table. That seems to me to make the most sense right now. Why, hello, 55 after the hour. The full number 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Don't forget you can text uh, WSB to 345-345 to sign up for the various uh, gubernatorial discussions we're having. I think Brian Kemp and uh, Casey Kegel. Well, you do have to RSVP, by the way. Uh, Hunter Hill, Michael Williams, Casey Kegel, uh, Brian Kemp, they're all there. We've got to reschedule the date for Brian Kemp's, and those who've signed up, I will make sure you get first chance to for the rescheduled event. Um, when we come back, we got to move into FISA, which is going to get filibustered in the Senate, probably. This is the surveillance legislation that made it through the House of Representatives today. A bipartisan consensus, by the way, um, it, it made it through the House of Representatives. We also need to get back into it. got a lot of questions from people about my comments yesterday on the state legislature and the issue of adoption and what's actually going on. And let me see if I can slow down a little bit to explain that for you. Um, also, you should know that uh, the U.S. Senate has confirmed Michael Brown to be U.S. District Court Judge in Atlanta, and there are others in Georgia coming. Um, Trip Self, who in Billy Ray, uh, Stan Baker as well, I believe. They're, none of them are controversial. Uh, they should be before the Senate here shortly uh, as they're pushing through. Also, uh, Georgia Court of Appeals Judge Elizabeth Branch. Uh, looks like she will be coming through soon as well. Good. That's good for Georgia. When we come back, though, FISA, what's going to happen with it? Nine after the hour. I am Eric Erickson. This is WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800 WSB Talk. And yes, um, I've had a number of people asking where are your shows on the podcast. Uh, and I was not here on Monday because of the game. And Tuesday I was at a super secret meeting of the vast right wing conspiracy. So um, you don't have those two days. If you want to get the podcast, you can text the word show to 444-999. Now, FISA. Let's get into FISA. If you're just tuning in, we have already talked about the poophole nations. We may go back to that, but we need to we need to go to the FISA situation. So, what is FISA? The Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act. Essentially, this is not as some people claim it is. This is not a situation 
where the government listens in on or snoops on the calls of Americans in the United States. Now, Donald Trump was on Twitter this morning saying he didn't like the law, but then he urged lawmakers to continue the law to keep Americans safe. Uh, Sarah Sanders of the White House says he wants to keep Americans safe while also protecting American civil liberties. Here's here's the issue. Um, what FISA does is a lot of phone calls and internet traffic around the world is routed through the United States. It is all routed through the United States because which country came up with the internet? Ah, that would be us. Which country came up with the phone system? That would be us. Why? Because we're awesome. And we got all the technology and the satellites and whatnot, so a lot of countries, uh, they route things through, through the United States. And because it's coming into the United States, you have to have a warrant. And you may be an American collaborating with someone abroad. And what the FISA system does is it allows the government to go get a warrant from a court in Washington, D.C., to capture the packet information, that is the data or audio packets of information that travel over the series of tubes known as the internet or via satellite, and snoop on them and see what's up. It has nothing to do with Americans interacting with Americans. It has everything to do with foreigners whose uh, data is routed through the United States or, in some cases, Americans connected to foreigners. It is a warrant. It is not a go-to-court-in-public warrant. It is a go-to-court-in-secret warrant. And that is why so many people raise eyebrows over this and are suspicious of this um, because they think that a warrant process should be done in open. And if it's not done in open, they concoct all sorts of elaborate conspiracies of what's happening behind closed doors. And the reality is, more often than not, the FISA court lets us know that it doesn't approve the warrants. But there are times that the warrants do have to be approved, and they have approved them. Uh, and this all comes through the FISA legislation, which allows the secret court in Washington, the FISA court, to process this information and to approve the warrants, the warrantless wiretap. See, warrantless wiretap is a bit of a misnomer. Warrantless wiretaps only exist in that foreign people on foreign soil talking to foreign people on foreign soil whose calls and information is routed through the United States, the government gets to snoop. They are not American citizens and they are not entitled to um, government protections under our Constitution. But if it becomes a reality that an American is involved, they have to go to court and get the FISA court's approval to continue looking and to retroactively approve anything they might have gathered that could be incriminating. And the retroactivity largely never applies. There have been very few cases where the courts have said, okay. So it's not as conspiratorial as people would have you believe. It's not as much an invasion of civil liberties as people would have you believe. And to the extent it's an invasion of civil liberties, a lot of it is um, everything about the um, everything about a total brain fart here, because apparently Jim Acosta is on CNN right now repeatedly saying poop hold, except he's not saying poop hold. He's saying the actual word and they keep having to bleep him out. 
I'm sorry, total brain fart here because it's all Jim Acosta's fault. No, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. I lost it. it, it the final point I was going to make on FISA, it's gone as soon, as soon as this Jim Acosta thing popped up. <laughs> it's all Jim's fault. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. Um, okay. So now, I need to discuss, well... So tonight is the night on radio where I discuss the topics of things that we can't actually talk about on radio. We're having to say poop hole instead of what the president actually said. And you know the pink hats that the female protesters in the women's march the day after the inauguration were wearing? The the pink hats to signify a certain portion of a female anatomy that Donald Trump thought he could grab without permission? Yes, that. You know what I'm talking I'm not saying that on radio. It's before 10 p.m. <laughs> so they're organizing a new women's march. And the women who are organizing the march have decided to ditch the hats. Why? Why would they get rid of the hats? Y'all... It's because they're symbols of transphobia. Yeah, the silence here is intentional. You let that sink in for a minute. These hats are symbols of transphobia. These hats that symbolize uh, women's reproductive organs, they're transphobic. Because some women don't have them. Yeah, I'm totally just, yep. The silence is here to let it sink in. Not that I've gone off the air. Yes, they're banning the pink hats that represent a women's reproductive organ because not all women have them. Because some women used to be men and they have other parts. So why don't they let some of them wear cones on their head? I, I have no idea. Uh, but nope, nope, they're getting rid of the hats because it is, it's transphobic and some people say it's also racist to wear these hats. Um, the left is the, the logic of an insane asylum. And these people are going to turn on themselves and consume themselves in, in stigma and hatred. Uh, and this is just ridiculous. And I, I'm, I'm glad to see this ridiculousness happen um, because it is, it is a, a highlight of the mental health issues involved in this nonsense. Now, these are people marching who think the president is insane and should be impeached or removed under the 25th Amendment. And yet these are people who believe that men can become women. There's nothing more insane than that, except the fact that there are some people who don't think it's insane. And this is what we're dealing with as a society. These people want to march. They want to march. And the symbol that became the symbol of the protest is now banned. Because it might offend men who are crazy enough to think they're women. This just in. This just in. Um, uh, the government has decided to change the text of the new Colossus. That's the poem by Emma Lazarus, who pinned the poem. It, it, it is carved down the bottom of the Statue of Liberty. They're going to change the, the words here. I will read you the, the new language here. Uh, keep 
poop hole countries, your stinky pomp, cries he with orange lips. Don't give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your stinking shore. Keep them, the homeless, tempest-tossed, from me. I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Yep, that'll be the new language here. Um, you know, here's the thing. You can, you can agree with the president. You would rather people from Norway than people from Africa come to this country. And you can do it for non-racist reasons, contrary to what Democrats would say. You think that they're better educated. Um, they, they will be more likely to find a job. They'll be more resourceful, even though they're um, welfare socialist countries. But here's the reality. And you don't need me to, to know this. Um, go get a cab in downtown Atlanta or go to New York City or wherever. Now, it is the poor from these third world countries who come to this country who have a deeper, greater appreciation for this country and view this country as the last best hope of mankind. It is the immigrant from Norway who believes that all countries are the same and the United States is no better than Norway and they're just here for the job. It is the poor African whose children uh, that they raise in this country are going to have a greater appreciation for the United States as their home, uh, knowing what they came from, than it is the Norwegian who actually thinks this country is inferior to their old country because we're not a socialist hellhole like Norway. That's the actual reality here. You may want people who look like you, who think that uh, they can get a, you think they can get a better job, they'll be better educated and, and whatnot. Um, and those people, typically from Northern Europe, are more socialist, less likely to support the United States, and less likely to have an abiding appreciation for this country long term. It is the Haitian, the El Salvadorian, the African who is going to come to this country and thank God Almighty himself for letting them come here, and they're going to raise their children to be the most pro-American patriot you know in your neighborhood. That's the reality of the situation. Um, bringing in the, the super highly educated Norwegian does nothing but brings one more socialist into this country who's going to demand to know why uh, we don't have a government-run health care system in this country, why there's a free market in this country. It is the, the African from Ghana that, who's going to come to this country and say, my gosh, look at these private sector hospitals in this country. The free market and capitalism is a great thing. That's something the president needs to understand, and perhaps some of you as well. It's 39 after the hour. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Um... I, you know, I would be remiss if I didn't say this. Um, today is seven years on the radio at WSB. Today is the anniversary. It was a Tuesday in 2011 that the ice storm started raining down on the city. I had been in Savannah with my wife and kids, and we 
drove home, dropped them off, and then I had to drive up to Atlanta where the pig farmer called and informed me that I would be staying and should pack clothes because I might not be able to get home for a couple of days. I wound up not getting home until that Friday uh, because the ice storm was so bad. Uh, had first at a hotel and then sleeping on the floor in the office, uh, freezing, finally at another hotel. I remember just sliding around on the road. I'd never driven on ice before. And my my stint was 9 p.m. to midnight. And the first week of that show, four days straight, the um, phone lines were out. And so it was me, 9 to midnight, talking. And at the end of the week... Uh, the pig farmer called and said, congratulations, uh, that I was able to handle a three-hour show all four nights um, without having to take phone without being able to take phone calls or have anyone on. Uh, he thought I would probably be around a while, and now it's seven years later, and uh, just re-upped my contract for another number of years. I'll be here a long time. Uh, it, it is, <laughs> I really, I, I just got to say, I never intended to be in radio. You just got to go where the good Lord leads. All these people who make these plans. Um, I, I, when I was in a law firm, my law firm was a big believer in, in doing a, a one-year plan, a three-year plan, a five-year plan, and a decade plan. This is how my life's going to chart out. And the people who did that and were trying desperately to keep it were the most maladjusted, miserable people I knew. And I just I didn't do that. I'm like, you know what? God's got a plan for me. I'm just going to go wherever he leads. And I left my law firm after five years, uh, went to work full-time as the editor of Red State, got hired at CNN, and uh, then a local talk show host in Macon, Georgia, got arrested in a crack house. And they remembered that I had been on a couple of times in the past talking about uh, political things, and so they asked me if I would fill in for him for a day, so I did. The day became a week, and the week became... Uh, three months. I got paid in an expired gift certificate to Outback Steakhouse. Never actually did get my money. Um, I mean, I wasn't doing it for money. And during that time, the local guy here in Atlanta on WSB uh, named Chris Crock uh, found himself out of a job here. And they hired him in Macon. And so the, I got to go start sleeping in again. I already had two jobs, CNN and Red State. And... He, Chris Crock, managed to burn bridges with all the right people, uh, making all the, the bad people in town miserable, and got promoted to a new market, Dallas, a bigger market for him, a great promotion for him, where he's thriving on the radio there now. And so I went back on. They called and said, would, would you come back for, for a couple of weeks while we get somebody, get a new plan? So I did for a couple of weeks and put it up at Red State. And Bob Neal, who was the president here at Cox Media Group, uh, happened to notice and listen and had a guy call me, Greg, and asked if I wanted to consider doing something on the weekend in w at WSB. And I said, absolutely not. I did not want to do that. I already had two full-time jobs. And so they said, okay. And that was it. So the, Greg called me back and said, okay, if you don't want a weekend show on WSB, would you fill in for Herman Cain one night? So I did in October of 2006 filled in for Herman Cain and at the end of the show these people came into the office and asked me did I, I could they trust me or did I need to sign a non-disclosure agreement I said they could trust me that Herman's running gonna run for president nobody knows and would you like his job <laughs> uh, yeah but I gotta ask my wife 
So I, I, January 11th, 2011, um, I started, I guess I guess the timeline, so it would have been 2010 that I filled in for Herman, um, October 2010. And so I started 9 to midnight. Herman was on 7 to 9. And when Herman left, they moved me 7 to 10, and then 6 to 9, and then 5 to 7 uh, within a year and a half. And it, it really is unheard of in radio for someone with no experience whatsoever in radio uh, to within a year and a half of getting a full-time job in radio, go into evening drive time. But I've been here ever since, uh, consistently the number one show. And I just uh, thank Cox Media Group so much for taking a chance on a guy with no real radio experience. It has been a lot of fun uh, being on radio. And again, just going where the good Lord leads. Those of you who are struggling and you're not sure what you're supposed to do in life, you have no idea, uh, you think you got to chart out plans, I am just living testimony that uh, God's got a plan for everybody. And I got to tell you, I, I am bad at practicing what I preach because I am freaking out right now about not having a TV job um, as of the 26th because uh, I do need the income. I get paid very well here. Um, but with medical bills and private school and all the, the, the costs of raising a family and stuff, I definitely need the extra income and no idea what God's got a plan for. But I am totally learning again, got to trust in him. You can't chart out these plans. I, every time I try to chart out a plan of where I'm going next in life and what I'm going to do and how I'm going to get there, it always falls through in some degree. And it's just a constant reminder in my life to, to cut it out. God's got a plan. He's going to put you where you need to be. And where you are at the time, your job is to be the best you can and glorify God in what you do. Uh, I totally take to heart Martin Luther King's speech, the street sweeper speech. Um, if you're going to be a bush, be the best bush. If you're going to be a tree, give everybody shade. If you're going to sweep the streets, the sweep, sweep the streets, sweep the streets like no one else can so that when you die, they say there was the best street sweeper there was. Everybody's got to be, God's got a plan. Just be the best you can possibly be at what you do and trust in the Lord to put you where you're supposed to be. And if that's where you're supposed to be, be there. Stop making all these 20-year elaborate plans and, and being stressed out about not making them and not not getting there because you're going to be miserable. Just Just trust in the Lord. Well, the pig farmer called me after that dialogue and said he was a little bit monologue and was a little bit disappointed that I did not end it by saying that. And if you are a poop hole nation, you be the best poop hole nation you can be. Y'all, it is, it's actually mildly depressing to me that we live in a, a day and age where you can't quote the president of the United States in front of your kids. Now, the news networks are this evening, and I just say we live in an increasingly vulgar and crass society, and I, I contribute to that, as does everyone else, to various degrees, but I just don't think that is something we should be saying on the radio. <sighs> you know, I'm, they, I, I've had these arguments with friends of mine. And they just say, they're like, I just can't believe we seem to be headed in the right trajectory. And now we're going downhill. You know, headed in the right trajectory is an illusion. We are headed in the right directory. We're headed to the final day. And if you love Jesus, you're on the winning team. But I am a big believer that, that the world is, we are on the glide slope to the poop hole, people. 
um, with with liberals and conservatives and everyone else alike. It doesn't matter. Fallen man is going to screw it all up until that last day, and then Johnny Cash is going to start singing back up. <laughs>